You are now listening to The Open Canvas. Open Canvas, this is Taj Alexander. I'm here with a, a super special guest. Um, he came bearing gifts. This is someone that um, I've just been able to see and respect his work from a distance. We actually have a mutual friend that introduced us. We'll talk about that later. Um, but this guy is a true artist in every sense of the word. So without any further ado, please introduce yourself. All right, my name is Christopher Chan and I go by Honor Roller. I'm a wood sculptor, artist, and designer. Definitely. Thank you for being on the podcast as well. Um, I feel like we sort of talked about doing this a while ago. Yeah. Um, I, I guess we can talk about that story in terms sure. of how we met. It was actually through a, a mutual friend, Jess. Uh, for those who don't know, Jess Too Sick. Um, yeah, she introduced us. Yeah. <laughs> she introduced us at um, what party was that? It was it, at Shemansky, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. So she introduced us, and then we just had like a really brief conversation, but really connected. You know, I, I'm really thankful for that because, you know, she just told me, yo, this is a dope creative. You should know this guy. And, you know, even from that quick interaction, I was like, you know, this, this dude is solid. You know, he's, he's a real, real person. To give people a little context about who you are and what you do, just give us a, a small intro to who you are. I just moved to New York, actually, in October. Mm. And before that, I was living in Portland, Oregon, um, a former Nike employee. There for two half years, and then I went freelance, and now I kind of I freelance for more just for cash to fund like the whole sculpture artist thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that time I was like, man, I need to move to New York. I need to move to New York. And mm. I am, yeah. Nice man, nice. I, well, we're definitely glad you did move to New York, yeah. man. I feel like even just from seeing the the work that you have done in Portland, it's like, it feels like this is just like a, a natural progression of you sort of like finding more of yourself and your creative voice here. Would you say that your time in Portland was like beneficial to like your growth? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I never wanted to move to <laughs> Portland ever. Really? I mean, before that I was living in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Is that where like you were born and raised? Uh, I'm born and raised in Toronto. Toronto, okay. Yeah, but I was lucky enough to move to the US like during like the dot-com era because okay. like my dad was working for IBM okay. and so we moved to San Jose and that's where I went to high school. Where? So I did that and then I went to school, ended up going to school in Southern California and then art school in Southern California and then I was fortunate enough to be selected as an intern for Nike, this is like 2012. Mm. So that's why I ended up moving out there because it became like a full-time job. I see. Yeah. All right, cool, man. I was born in Buffalo, so like not, oh, okay, yeah, not, not too far place. away. Yeah, actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah man. So, so yeah. So like you were traveling a lot early in life then. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So would you say like like for your time in California growing up there, um, what was that like? Like were you involved in anything like just in sports, art? What were you doing at that oh, time? Okay, yeah. So when I moved to California, like I was 14. So like it was my freshman year and I was like the new kid in school, mm-hmm. which is is like terrible for anyone that's 14 years old yeah but my thing back then was actually music i played mm, bass mm. and that's the instrument i grew up playing so um stand-up I, bass or bass guitar bass guitar okay yeah cool. um so i used to play like in in rock bands and it was really helpful like in the sense where like you get over stage fright you're used to like introducing yourself to people all the time mm. and just hanging out like in a garage or a living room with like four dudes like <laughs> three four times a week and like making demos and stuff like that yeah that was pretty much my life throughout high school definitely so like could you explain what type of music you were making oh my time? god it's, it's like the worst music ever uh it's we were really influenced by the band corn 
Mm. So it was mm. kind of coming from there, and then I think like near the end of high school, it was more kind of like screamo type stuff. Mm. Mm. Okay, so so I mean, you were on the bass, but were you were you lending any vocals to this? Or? Very little, just like screaming <laughs> the background. Ad libs, screaming Yeah, that's real. That's real, man. That's dope, yeah. though. That's dope. So like, were you just like, uh, I'm just. My only passion at this time is just music. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. much just that. But like, out of all my band members, you know, we all kind of have our own jobs outside of the band. Right, like, right, one right. guy gets all the shows, mm. one guy has to like, you know, provide the place for us to practice. And mm. my job was to help create the artwork and like learn to do kind of the marketing side of it. Like, mm. yeah, doing the covers, doing the website, which for like early 2000s, I was pretty progressive. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Nobody really wasn't really doing that or like making shirts or whatever, but yeah. Mm. That's dope, dude. That's dope. And it's safe to say that during that time, you were like already beginning to think of like, okay, branding and like even conceptualizing. Like you, you guys perform and create music, mm-hmm. but you're thinking like, okay, how do we package this and, and like present it to the masses? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So that, like, was that like sort of your starting to getting into artwork, like making covers and stuff for you? Yeah, band? pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So okay. I started taking art in school, and my teacher was like, was like, oh, you need to be in the advanced class, and then, mm. like, would put me in the advanced class, and then like. He made it so that I made a portfolio so that I could apply for like the AP art thing. And yeah. I placed, I think, the highest in my school in that. Mm. And then I ended up going to college to study art, but I didn't go to actual art school. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Was there a specific type of art that you were making in school that, that you were noticed for, or that you were gravitating towards? At that time, I was doing like a lot of collage stuff, just mixed media stuff, mm. like um, just kind of like street art-esque looking stuff absolutely yeah yeah and, and that's kind of where it all started okay I'm, I'm assuming you still do have those like i, I do have early... archives of that somewhere yeah <laughs> that's um, real probably in storage somewhere yeah, yeah yeah definitely man so i think even just having that sort of background for you it sounds like you were just sort of like slowly figuring it out and slowly like saying okay i'm good at this you know how far can i take it right, um was, yeah. was like art something like i think that's a struggle that a lot of young people go through is like you go to school and you're recognized for something that you know you're really good at but specifically with art it's like okay can i make a living off of this or is right. this something that i can like actually see myself doing past the the class that i'm doing it in mm-hmm. you know so for you what was that 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 moment that moment so okay i think i was like maybe 17 years old i was a junior in school and i think my band had finished playing a show downtown somewhere and i saw this flyer like on a mailbox or something mm-hmm. and it was just beautiful it's mm-hmm. a drawing of a girl and um i took the flyer because i liked it so much and i went home and i looked at it and the artist's name was david cho Mm. And um, the art show was actually the next day. The opening was, but like in the same town my band practiced in. Yeah. At the time it was Campbell, California, which Campbell. is right next to San Jose. Yeah. So we decided to go to this show. It was like inside a hair salon. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, whatever. But I saw like the art on the wall, and it was like three in the afternoon, and the, and I was like blown away by the art. I'd never seen like another Asian artist like mm. make such sexually explicit stuff like it was all people of color just such a like focused point of view and specific and attitude and i was yeah. like this is fucking dope <laughs> the lady was like yo if you really want to be part of like a movie or something you can come back i think she said movie or maybe opening i forget what she said but come back later tonight mm. i was like okay so me and my bandmate we come back like at eight o'clock and there's a dj just rocking like 
playing most deaf, we're like, whoa, nobody listens to this. And like, you know, I think like the director or something invited like a bunch of like strippers to like walk around and Are like there was free alcohol. I'm wow. like, I'm like 17 years old and like. That was a vibe. Yeah, and we, and we meet this dude and he's, he's super nice, he's talking to us and like, he's like, yeah, I'll do your band cover, like whatever. And I was like, yo, this is insane. Like I wow. never knew that world existed, you know, like to me art was something like, you would see on field trips. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, definitely. Wow. Wow, man. So it's like, from that experience, from that moment, was it something like, they just like opened up a part in your brain, like, okay, this is more than just like, it's, it's more than just a one dimensional experience. This, yeah, there, definitely. There's more potential for me. Yeah. Is that something you saw? You yeah, said? for sure. Wow. And the main thing was also that like, he was kind of at the beginning of his career then. Right, right. So, okay. And then I think he'd relocated to the Bay Area, so every time I came home from school, like every year after, like for Christmas or whatever, I could see that his presence was growing and growing mm. in, in bigger galleries, and I was reading about this guy in magazines. Consistent. So for me, I was like, yo, you can really do this. Yeah, know? yeah. No, that's real, man. And I think that's something that, like, a lot of people sort of can really see the value in, is seeing someone else sort of, like, being consistent. And like building their their portfolio and just creating good work and being consistent and just focusing on the quality of the work right and like that's sort of how how it happens though you're right it's like you sort of just watch and you see and it's like okay they were here this at this time but now a couple months later now they're they're here and they, they just keep progressing and i think that's just a testament to like the the work ethic that a lot of people have to put into what they do yeah and sort of move past just like doing things to be seen or just attention you know it's like at the end of the day it's the quality that lasts you know so that's real dude that's yeah. real so all right so at this time you're, you're sort of seeing like okay this is a possibility uh what was your sort of next step what, what did you do to like sort of like take it upon yourself so actually so i started making more of my own artwork but so this is kind of weird but unfortunately like or not unfortunately but yeah. i ended up joining a fraternity in school okay and which was kind of a blessing in disguise because like I was the only artist in my fraternity mm. so they made it so that it was my job to do all the marketing materials right 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 <laughs> but I, I really kind of liked that because it was like okay now you have this power to kind of like create like an image that mm. will draw people in yeah yeah I mean even though it's like just your campus or whatever it's still like visually this stuff has an effect on people right so right. it was just kind of like a new challenge to rise to mm. and Oddly enough, like from doing that is actually kind of how I got my first jobs and stuff uh, really? outside of school. So how did that happen? Um, luckily, one of my bros was um, was like a, a job recruiter, and he found mm. like a job for me like at some. I, I think it was like a engineering firm or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Doing like the worst fucking <laughs> pamphlets and shit, like the most boring looking product. Stale. Yeah, but I mean, the fortunate thing was that like this gave me the opportunity to like take classes outside of school. Mm. Like, they'll cover like half of it or something. Right. So this is kind of really where I began to like really take art more seriously. You know, like now I'm putting up my own money. To, mm. like, to learn the shit that I wish I learned in school. Right, yeah. And then yeah. from that, eventually, like, I moved on to, like, better jobs. And my first job after that was um, working for a streetwear brand. Well, actually, it wasn't streetwear. You know the brand Roxy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, imagine what Roxy would be if it was for just black women. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, the brand was called, like, Privacy Wear. It was based... Um, kind of more in the Inland Empire of mm. California. Mm -hmm. It was, like, an all-black company except for me and the other artists there he mm. hired me because he met me in school and that really gave me the intro to like the whole streetwear landscape yeah. because yeah. 
I don't know if you remember, but like, I think 2005 when, or 2006 when Hypebeast was more like, like a WordPress. It wasn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, you took it back, dude. Okay, yeah, I remember, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like during that era, uh-huh. like, we would be going to like Magic and stuff. And, right, like, right. Uh, the trade show. For those who don't know, it's trade yeah. shows. Yeah, continue. And I remember like you'd finally get to see all these brands that you read about on this blog like face to face since I wasn't a salesperson I didn't really have to like talk to anyone I could just walk <laughs> around and look at whatever do you think yeah so I would talk to a lot of these guys and I'm like hey like how did you start your company and they're always like yo we just met these other people in our company like through art school mm. and I was like you know what like I owe it to myself to like actually go to art school and right. like meet people and build something you know mm. I think I was like 25 at the time and I realized that you know if I don't do it now like the window's gonna close and mm. yeah that's so real I, I just jumped in and I did it nice nice man and, and that's sort of like a thing where yeah just you have to sort of just jump in you know you have to just sort of say you know what like I'm just gonna go for it um cause that takes like believing in yourself like yeah. even if it's something that you're not even certain like oh I don't know if I should do this like being uncertain or like even hesitant about doing something doesn't really accomplish anything nah. or you, you won't like achieve anything worthwhile that way so like jumping in like taking that first step is important dude so like you jump into school art school specifically where at again? Um, art Center College of Design in right. Pasadena okay yeah. cool cool so what was that experience like and, and be honest about it too oh yeah no totally. <laughs> um, well okay like first of all art school is incredibly expensive yeah <laughs> so luckily like one of my fraternity brothers i think or like a couple of them i think like that were five or six years above above me like mm-hmm. i i found out they went there mm-hmm. and one actually also did an intern at nike so um I, I think i'd reached out and i was like hey man like can you tell me what your experience was like going here and he said it was amazing but he told me he kind of gave me the ins and outs on how to get like scholarship money mm. so also being older it was a lot easier to get scholarship money because i think when you're younger it's based on how much your parents make right right and i was 25 at the time so it's just based on what i was making which mm. meant that the gap was way larger and like there's a lot more allocated to me so right, right, right. most of my tuition was free good but unlike undergrad like i really didn't give a shit about school i just wanted to party and meet girls <laughs> yeah 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 uh, let's but, be real yeah, right yeah, yeah, for sure <laughs> like I mean, that's why i wasn't a successful artist like, at the time. <laughs> but you know um but this time i took it real serious you know i really mm. wanted to like take advantage of like being part of clubs like really networking like i came to school with like a plan you know like mm. i want to graduate making six figures i want to like work for these five companies right and you know i just really attacked it as such and i was just way more like diligent about getting to meet the teachers and the people mm. that i really wanted to be around right yeah. no that's real so you're in school you're like learning the skills you're like gaining the fundamentals mm-hmm. um were you like exploring different like forms of or mediums of art yeah um so i guess you can like everyone like my major was graphic design but i but at some point you have to pick what you're going to specialize in yeah so my specialization was going to be motion graphics hmm. for those people who don't know it's like when you watch commercials and stuff and the logo skins <laughs> at the end or yeah. there's text on the screen that's kind of what that is right right um i picked it because it kind of made the most money and at that time and also like I just liked, like, you know how you can see something move and it just kind of, like, wows you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I, I, I just found it more rewarding than looking at, like, flat printed stuff. Definitely. Um, so, I did an internship while I was in school at this studio called um, Famous Group. Mm. And I was doing, like, a lot of uh, 
like you know when you go into like a football stadium or any kind of stadium mm. there's like a graphics package yeah yeah there's yeah. like a lot of that type of stuff okay okay and then at some point i realized i was winning pitches over guys that were full-time or mm. like other freelancers i was like okay cool i definitely have a job here when i graduate mm-hmm. if i want so when i came back to school like i had another like year and a half left so I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to do whatever I want because mm. it doesn't matter anymore. You know, mm. I know the money's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's real. And, and it's good that you, you had that confidence in yourself to do that because um, it's one thing to be good at something, but it's also, it's another thing to be aware, you know, yeah. aware of it and to say like, I, I have a talent, I have a gift. So being able to do that, like you were able to take even another risk and say, you know, let me, let me see what else I can try my hand at, yeah. you know? So what was the next step after that for you then? So the next step was like, I really wanted to find my voice because like as a designer, mm. it's not a lot of times you have to adapt what you do to someone else's brand, you know, right, right, right. like say you work for Nike or you, you have to make everything kind of look like mm. what they've done, you know, otherwise it'll just be too freakish and it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. But um, another teacher told me, you know, like this is really your time right now because it's your money that you're putting up. Mm. like don't fall in line with everyone else if, if you don't want to do what everyone else is going to do. Right, right. So I have a real like affinity for like things that are like handmade, whether it's like a, a cell animated animation sequence mm. or like stop motion. Mm-hmm. So I took it upon myself to do a stop motion project. But the only class I'd taken at school that taught me how to do that was woodshop class. Mm. So that's kind of where the whole like wood doll thing came mm-hmm. from. Yeah, yeah. And for those who are listening to the episode, I'm going to like link some like descriptions and also like some links to your work just so that they can visually get a picture yeah. of what we're talking about. But um, that was one of the things when I first saw your work, I was like, man, like this is really powerful stuff. Like just even sort of taking um, stuff that like recognizable imagery um, or, or things that you've seen before, but then reinterpreting it um, in a new medium in a new format and it's just like so dope to see it because you bring out different like uh character traits within certain things whether it's sneakers or characters or um you know people and you bring out different parts of them that you wouldn't have seen otherwise in a different form mm-hmm. so it's really dope man i think i'm i'm skipping ahead right now but oh, no. that's i just wanted to say that continue Yo, <laughs> so um i was i was making all these puppets for for this project and um i remember it just took me a lot longer to make the puppets than i thought so i actually didn't actually get to animate them like my mm-hmm. teacher was just happy that i had anything to show <laughs> and uh, but my puppets became really popular in class mm-hmm. and i think maybe a couple months later there's a gallery in los angeles i i grew up admiring mm-hmm. and that same artist i was talking about before david cho he yes. he does a lot of showings there he did in the past mm-hmm. Um, it's called Giant Robot, mm-hmm. um, and I noticed like a lot of my illustrator friends were were getting to be part of group shows there, and I was like, "Yo, how did you get linked up?" They're like, "We just walked in, or we just emailed Eric, <laughs> Eric Nakamura, the guy that um, owns the place." Mm-hmm. Um, so one day I just walked in, and I was like, "Hey, man, like, how do I get in the show? Whatever." I sent him a bunch of my work, and he was like, "I think your drawings are pretty strong." I was like, "Okay, cool," and then. He said that there was going to be like a show about like video game theme. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was like, okay, cool. Then I showed him a picture of like the puppets, and he's like, these do look kind of eight bit. Like maybe mm. this could be the direction you go. Mm. So I went back. My favorite video game as a child, 
t- like many, Street Fighter. Classic, classic, yeah. So I made all the villains, because those <laughs> are my favorite characters. Yeah, yeah. And then I put them up at the show, and I think because I was one of the only artists that didn't do flat work, mm. like I got a lot more attention. Stood out. Yeah, they were 3D. Literally, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like a lot more people, I just noticed were gravitating towards my work during the opening. Like I think the LA Weekly had interviewed me a little bit. Mm. Like it was, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> And um, I ended up selling like two of them, and I was like, "Wow!" Like, I didn't think they're that good, you know? Like, or I didn't, I didn't know that anybody wanted this right, stuff, you right. know? Yeah. So. <laughs> no, that's real, dude. And, and it's like that—that's like a beautiful marriage when it, you're able to create something that you're, you're just genuinely passionate about and you're good at it. Yeah. And then people react to it, you know? And they're like, "Oh, this is actually great," you know? And I can actually appreciate it. Um, that, that's like a, a good one-two punch to have. Was it always like that? Do you feel like you were just sort of, you'd try your hand at something and then you were just able to create something that was immediately like received by people? Or, or oh, you, no, no, process? no, no, no. Like, yeah. I failed so much, man. Yeah. Like there's tons of things I tried that have never worked out. Like, yeah. What yeah. are some of them? Just like, like, for example, <laughs> I'm like really bad at like 3D gra- 3D motion graphics, like working in, in 3D. Like, basically, I'm tra- your major. Yeah, basically <laughs> what I'm supposed to be good at. I'm, I'm pretty shitty at it. Yeah, so, no, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, like, like stuff like that, you know? Like, I feel uh, you, yeah, I feel you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like I'm not particularly good at packaging. I don't know, but yeah, like yeah. Um, actually, recently I took a stand-up comedy class and I like I bombed on my on my show like because some someone heckled me. I was like I was really surprised because it was like it was like a student show, you know? Right, like, right. Come right. on, really? you're the support. Like, like, right, cool. like, okay, nah. but you know, like but I think like to fail is like really important, even mm. like you know. It's a part of it. Yeah, definitely. it's definitely a part of it. No, I, I hear you on that. Same, same with me. And I think that's there's like something to to say even about that in terms of like respect, because like trying your hand at different things, you're not going to succeed at everything, but that's a part of like having the courage to try. Yeah. And to like try something new, and to like even test your limits. You know, even if something that you're good at, like how how can I take it to another level? You know, yeah, it's definitely. like that's a part of it. And I think the failure is only just sort of like pointing you in the right direction. You know, sort of like helping you to. To refine and to reshape your approach you know so I, f- I feel like that's a part of the process for sure yeah, definitely definitely yeah. so like all right so after the art show okay then what was the all right continue. oh sorry okay <laughs> so i have to jump back a little bit in the Keep timeline going. yes okay yeah, yeah, yeah. so like that art show was probably was literally the day before i left to go internet nike mm, okay so but I started making the figures maybe six months before that. Okay, okay. So in between that time of when I made the figures and going to Nike, I think that's between October and June. Mm-hmm. I think the people from Nike came to my school, I think in February or March, mm-hmm. Southern California. So like because of the weather, like it's all the same all the time. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. But like anyway, they came and then like they had this thing where like you could sign up to get your portfolio reviewed, mm. and I signed up, not thinking that I would be selected because mm. like I'm walking in an interview like just being super honest with uh, the guy that's in front of me, um, and. I just ask him, I'm showing him all my work, showing him figures, showing him like illustrations. I'm like, hey, do you really think I could work here? Mm. Like, do you think a company like Nike would even hire or consider someone like me? He's like, yeah. I was like, really? You saw the guy that came in before me, right? He's like, no, 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 like, let me tell you something. Like what you have above some of the other applicants is that all your work may be across different mediums, but it all has the same voice that resonates with the brand. Right. He's like, do you like basketball? I was like, 
yeah, basketball is cool. He's like, he like, okay, I, we'll keep in contact. I was like, all right. And then um, I think maybe a month before that show, I think in May, I think they called me and they're like, hey, do you want to come down to Beaverton for the summer? And I was like, yeah. Man, man. So, so what was that experience like? Uh, it was great, man. Um, first of all, it's awesome because they pay for everything. Like, <laughs> and, and like their intern rate is great. Like, yeah. they for, pay for like a place for you to stay and all that. And um, so it's really cool because like when you're an intern at such a large company, mm. you're sort of like a, a mini celebrity for the summer. Right, like, right. cause you know, like at a regular job, you're like, oh, I see these people every day. But yeah. all of a sudden there's like these young, exciting people walking around. <laughs> New energy. Yeah. So, which is really cool because everyone's like super down to talk to you. Like mm. you can ask any question you can just really kind of network and meet whoever. And yeah. like people want to help you like build your final project or right, whatever right so yeah that was a really awesome experience that's dope and I, and I feel like a lot of people who, who sort of maybe even aspire to to work at a, a company like a nike or, or any any company really like i'm trying to think like how do i do it or how do i get there but everyone's story and way of getting somewhere is different oh definitely know? so yeah. like i feel like your story is unique to you and your experience but like what would be some of your advice i mean if you would have any for for somebody looking to sort of get into that world I think it, it's sort of like, like you have to think of yourself like a brand or like a store, you know, like mm. in a sense, like location's pretty important. Like yeah. where are you situated in the lexicon of like design schools or like where would this person that potentially wants to hire you find you? Right, right. Okay, and I was fortunate enough to be at like a top tier design school where they do come to recruit. Mm. So, okay, got that checked off. Now it's like, how do you stand out amongst your class or whoever else might be applying? Right. And then, how does your work fit with this brand? Mm. Like, why would they want you? Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's, that's a great way to look at it, yeah. man. I think that's very, like, concise and, like, to the point. And, um, yeah, that's dope. That's real. That's real. Yeah. So, um, you're at Nike, and it was, it was just for, for summer? Yeah, it's for okay. the summer. I mean, I was on the basketball t uh, brand design basketball team, which I was hey. super fortunate, like, <laughs> um, working on, like, a LeBron campaign for the LeBron 10. Mm. And then uh, the main project they had me do was, I guess, in D.C., like, that was an Olympic year. So, mm. there was a game... It's called like the World Basketball Festival. I think they did it like two I years before that, about that. Yeah. in New York, which was really big, but they did like a smaller version in DC. And mm -hmm. I was such a huge fan of like all the marketing stuff they did for the first mm. World Basketball Fe Festival. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, that like I was just honored to work on the next one. And then, but my job was to do kind of more like an environmental space for where this. USA versus uh, Team Brazil game was going to be played at. Okay, yeah. Um, and like they just had like a bunch of like activations and stuff there for like a week. But my job was to do like a hallway kind of celebrating like the dream team of 92 <laughs> and the 20 years of footwear innovation to the team of 2012. Wow, yeah. So, I mean, that was really cool because I never worked on like, like an environmental space before. So, mm. I mean, that was new for me. And just... You know, it's cool to like actually put like a real athlete's name down. And yeah, like yeah, like, we might see this. Yeah. <laughs> That's dope, man. And and it, even just that experience, it just sounds like to sort of see your work it goes from a place where it's like in your hands and you're working on it to now it being like experienced and engaged with right with the masses. Like that must feel like I, what, I don't even know how that would feel. How would that feel to you? It's amazing. Like you spend like a week, you fly out there, and like I mean like. I'm pretty sure most people know this, but like when you're flown out to work, you're working like way harder than you normally would at home. Facts, facts. Yeah, like you're up late all the time and like, you know, just 
dealing with these crazy last minute deadlines, especially when it's like a spatial thing. Right, right. And um, like, you're just exhausted at the end, but then when you see people start coming in for the first time, and then like, it's like a lot of local DC people that were invited, mm -hmm. and you just see them geeking out at like, at the display that you made, like mm. looking at all the shoes and like their memories Details. with them. Yeah. yeah, they're like, you're just like, yeah, okay, this is worth it. Like mm. this means something beyond just for me, you know, it's right. for them. Right, yeah. wow, wow, man. And I, and I think any medium of art or expression can sort of like attest to that. You know, I think the creative process can sometimes be grueling, you know, and yeah. like very even tedious, you know, and it's like sometimes you can almost forget like even why you're doing it. Um, and I think that that sort of uh, experience of sort of other people sort of experiencing your work is like a very vital part of the creative process, you know, if yeah, that's definitely. something that you do. Um, so so that's dope, man, that you, that you were able to experience that. Yeah. So, so yeah, what was the next step after that? Like, did you stay at Nike or did you like, um, make another step? So while I was at Nike or while I was um, um, interning, I had another mentor who used to be part of Nike. Mm -hmm. Uh, his name's Dwayne Edwards. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you know that name, but... Sounds um, super familiar. Okay, so there's a, a shoe um, design school out of Portland, Oregon that's mm -hmm. called Pencil. Mm -hmm. So another risk I took in school. Okay, so this actually... Okay, <laughs> all right, sorry. Like, let me re rewind to your previous question. Let's do it. Let's okay, do it. so, okay, another way to, like, get a job that you want is yeah. to find people that have worked in that, mm. for that company before and get to know them. Yeah. So luckily, like... Uh, when I was a junior in school, um, I signed up for this uh, shoe design crash course thing. It was like during spring break, they'll, mm. they'll fly you to Port or you have to fly yourself to Portland, and you take this class with Dwayne, who used to be, uh, I, I believe, design director of Jordan. He designed, I think, the Jordan 21 and the 22, wow. yeah, and yeah. a bunch of stuff after, I think, and and a lot of the mellow stuff, I believe. Mm. Uh, but he left to start the school, so. I think he it was maybe in his first two years of doing it so like I took the art center version of the class so it was me the only graphic designer in the class mm. and like a bunch of like transportation people like car design and like product people yeah and it was great because it was so early on in that school that like for two weeks we'd have all these random people or at least I thought they were random but all these Nike designers coming in to critique stuff or just you know you just meet these great people yeah and you start to see like there's a common language and the way they speak you know and the way they present a project it's like there's usually always like a story behind it right but the arc is always kind of the same Similar. or yeah. yeah so you start to learn that kind of language mm. and then a lot of it is also about presentation and I was probably the worst in the class when it comes to like drawing sneakers. Like that's just not what I do. That's your thing, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I, I love sneakers, but you know, like my job isn't to do that every day, like like my uh, peers were. Mm. But the one thing I could do better than any of my peers was the brand thing. Was mm. you know, I could draw the logo better. I can make the presentation look cooler. I can sort of sell a story better mm. because you know, I'm I'm not really relying so heavy on the drawing side of it right, to right. to win. You know, absolutely. So mm. that, that's a good perspective to have. I see what you're saying. So, like, are you are you sort of using that sort of niche that you created for yourself to sort of like expand on your own personal work? Yeah, I mean, at, at that at that point in time, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, 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 like, are, are, I need to learn a little bit more about Portland. Oh I sure, feel yeah. Like, I, I've never been to Portland. Okay. I, I have no frame of reference. 
Like, what was your time like sort of creating and just living in Portland? What was that like? Um, okay, so living in Portland is um, like living in a really small town <laughs> that claims to be a city. Um, it's mostly white people and like people who work in advertising, usually for Nike mm. or for Adidas. Mm. Um, Are like the comparisons people make between like Portland and Williamsburg similar or? Yeah, I would say it's pretty similar actually. Okay, it's okay. kind of scary sometimes. I'm really? Like, Whoa, like this <laughs> looks back. like where I just came from. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah It's like a, a lot of like the Americana, but then like kind of mm. modern twist. Yeah. yeah, okay. It's like a lot of that kind of stuff. I see what you're saying. Um, but no, I mean, it was good because I think, okay, I always wanted to move to New York City because mm. like, mm. growing up, I loved rap music. I loved just, and even at Nike, we come back here all the time. Mm. We always reference New York as like the inspiration for something, right? Mm. So okay, so just coming here all the time, I'm and I never wanted to leave. Yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah. like, why am I leaving? But like, I also know that if I came here like five years ago or seven years ago or whenever, but I don't think I'd have the self control. Like, mm. I think I would just go nuts. I'd just yeah. go out all the time. I'd be like at everything yeah. and like and broke as fuck, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. But Portland really kind of grounded me in that way. Mm. It's like after a while, like you know the nightlife isn't that crazy it never gets that crazy and you know everyone because it's so small right right that like you really start to dedicate time to yourself and like really get into your own interests you mm. know so for me that was like woodworking like i found a space to to work out of and was just kind of making more work you know and yeah yeah you were showing me that space too it looked amazing man and that was all of your just own creative space to use oh uh, no that was like a it was like a what do you call it it's like a, a shared space oh shared space. like you get your own office but yeah. then like um most of the woodworking stuff was like a shared floor. cool cool yeah. cool yeah man it just seemed like just from your, your ability to sort of use that space to your you know to its, its max potential and sort of like creating your work there was like you know a very important time in your life yeah you know, i feel like that as sort of is where you almost even like even further defined your your artistic voice in that sense you know is that right even yeah no definitely i mean while i was at nike like so okay going back to like the end of the internship Mm. like so i I got asked during my because okay sorry so back to Dwayne. like yeah 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 okay (laughs) so he taught this class i learned the nike language anyway so i would kind of try to see him like two or three times like while i was still in portland that summer Mm. and one thing he told me and one thing i heard from a lot of people was like hey you're not going to get offered a job because like you still have school left. Like, I think I had, like, hmm. two semesters or something left. And I was like, and that's fine with me. Like, I wasn't necessarily disappointed or anything. Right. I was like, okay, cool. He was right. like, well, you got to think about it this way. Make stuff there that you're going to want to show to people when you get home. Like, do the work that, like, when you graduate and you show your stuff to people that nobody else will have in their book. Right, right. I was like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So he, he was kind of telling me more, like, you should probably try to work on more product stuff. Yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. cool. So he's like, you can work on this LeBron James thing, but like that project's been going on for like a year, you know? Mm. Like you don't own any of it. Mm. Like even if you do like a little bit, like still like, right. yeah, you can't, everyone's gonna know that's not really yours. Mm. So I was like, okay, cool. I was like, so I decided to do a project on James Harden mm-hmm. because I just thought he was like the swaggiest player in the league. <laughs> and like, and I thought at that time, like this is like OKC versus Cavs. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like, he wasn't really getting the shine back then. Yeah, you gotta give context. Yeah, this is like OKC Harden. This isn't Houston Harden. Yeah. Yeah, so just for people reference. Okay, right. Cool, cool, cool. I mean, I sort of like saw like 
the star potential in him. I was yeah. like, oh, he, he looks cool. Like, I think there's just like a lot of funny things you could do with the beard and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And so I was just like, okay, what if I made my own campaign? Like, mm. if it was just a collab between me and him. So I spent most of the summer doing that as my second project. Wow, wow. And then the response to that was really positive because like, I made a like a figure of Harden like mm. in their lab. And like, I made a bunch of like products, like socks, shirts and stuff mm -hmm. like around him. and. Mm. I, I explained kind of why I did it really well and it was yeah. pretty funny and like and because of that I got offered a job and nice. was asked to leave school so <laughs> I could start working. That's real. That's real. But the job that I ended up t getting wasn't in basketball. It was mm. in running. Okay. Yeah. Which at the time seemed like a good idea but I think to be honest, I took a job I didn't love, you know? Mm. Like, I, I didn't really grow up running or did I care much about long distance running. <laughs> and that kind of showed a lot, like, mm. in, in my attitude and stuff towards work. Mm. And um, it's funny how, like, your dream job can easily become something that you hate. And mm. I, I didn't really get along with my manager very well at the time, like, because mm. he kind of came in after I started. Right. So, like, I, I never got to meet him. Mm. So we just didn't have a very good working relationship and the stuff I was asked to do really wasn't that cool. It wasn't like speaking to you. <laughs> no, like, okay, like running is the category that has to speak to everyone. Like yeah, yeah. someone who's 12 to someone who's like 112. Someone who's serious about running, someone who just casually runs, like every good demographic. Yeah. It's not like basketball where it's generally youth oriented. Specific, yeah. Yeah, like it's just a lot more difficult mm. to create a language for and I mean, Another thing was that like that wasn't my job as an intern. Mm. So like it it was a pretty big transition to like go from doing brand stuff to product stuff. Yeah. And then being told, "Hey, your job is to like resize logos on shirts." Mm. It's like, "What the fuck? Like right. why did I go to design school? Like, why am I even here?" <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I So, hear I mean, and then I took another like then I, I mean I also sort of to my own discredit, like I didn't really take the job very serious. Mm -hmm. Like I just fucking would do projects with other teams that I thought were cool. I would just kind of network that way. And which was great because in the end, like I did get to meet a lot of other mentors that way. But what was terrible for my report card at Nike, you know? Right, right, right. right. Yeah, like I was always looked at like upon negatively in that regard. Mm. So eventually I ended up moving into a different job. Um, I was doing t-shirt graphics for women, mm -hmm. which I really loved doing. Like that was mm. so much fun because it, especially at, in 2004, 2014, 2015. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, it was not cool to wear graphics on shirts for the most part. It was like, yeah. And especially for women, it wasn't cool. Mm. So, like, we kind of just could do whatever we wanted. Like, it was just the category kind of nobody cared about. Yeah. So, like, you know, now I'm kind of doing more of an art director thing. I'm reaching out to other illustrators to kind of help me make art. And and the one the wonderful thing about being at a place like Nike is like literally anybody will say yes. Mm. You just ask any artist, they'll be like, yeah, I'll do it for you. Right, and, right. Um, and of course they pay well as well. But like, while I was at my desk, I was like, I was doing this job for maybe six or seven months and I really liked it, but it took a lot more time for me to like delegate this work than to, I could have done a lot of the work myself probably. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, hey, like, you didn't go to art school so that you could write briefs for people. Mm. Like, you want to be the artist, right? Mm. Like, you want to be getting this in, the, in your email. Right. And I was like, okay, like, I looked at everyone else in the room, <laughs> like, they're generally married, have a kid, a dog, a house, or some other reason why they have to be there. Mm. And I was looking at myself and I was like, I don't have to be here. Mm. Like, why am I here? Right. And I was like, if this is a movie about my life, I would Jerry Maguire right now. I'd fucking leave. 
So yeah. I mean, it took me probably about like um, probably about like three or four months to really like get the courage to leave. And I think I was I was seeing someone at the time, and she was like. Man, like you keep talking about how much you hate your job. Why don't you just fucking leave? <laughs> I was like, I, yeah, I guess I should. Yeah. So then I left. And, word, yeah. word. No, that's real, man. I mean, it's honest too. I yeah. feel like that. That's the part of it being transparent and sort of honest with yourself first. Um, then allows you to sort of think and also make decisions based upon that truth. You know, and I think that's important for all of us is sort of like understand our own truth and like figure out, okay, where in my life do I need to be? Where in my life do I feel like I'm actually actualizing my potential? And and how can I move towards that? You know, so like, I think that that's respectable, man, that you sort of saw that in yourself and said, you know what? Like I have to be somewhere doing something that like speaks to me, right. you know, versus, and I think that's a, that's a huge thing that a lot of people go through, you know, when they're like have a job or have other responsibilities in their life where it's like, I need to have this income in order to provide for these other outlets or things that I have going on in my life. Yeah. Um, but I think for us as like younger people, like we sort of um, have a responsibility not only to others, but also to to make sure we're f- fulfilling our passion, you know? So I feel like that was something that you did for sure. Definitely. Yeah. So, so what was the next step after that? Okay, so the next step after that, I was going to move to New York. This yeah. is like winter, like I think January 2015 was my last date. Mm. And... Um, I, I remember, like, I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, and then, um, like, I really wanted to come to New York. I knew that at that time. Yeah. Um, but literally, like, I think, luckily, a friend of mine. I don't know if you know him. His name is Kendall Henderson. No, no. Okay. Um. Anyway, like, he he was moving to New York, and like, he was like, okay, the company I'm working for, AKQA, like, they're looking for people. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, just come through the office. I was <laughs> like, okay, cool. This is maybe like a month or something before I left. Yeah. So I came, and then literally the day I left, or the day after, I got a call saying, hey, like, would you be interested in freelancing here? Wow. Wow. So like, in that day, like, my money doubled up. Mm-hmm. Like, mind you, I was coming into Nike as an intern, so like, my pay wasn't really there, you yeah. know. And that was yeah. also something that I was kind of. Yeah, I was like, what? Like, fuck. I also had a roommate that was like making, like, we went to school together. Mm. He got hired after like a year of working, was making like probably almost double what I was making. Mm. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Hold up, hold up. Like, we have the exact same training. I was like, all right. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. So, yeah, so I I just started freelancing, paying off all my debt, and that afforded me, um, I had a lot more money in my pocket that time. Mm. And what, I decided to do was I decided to go on a um, what is, like a, like an artist workshop yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in Germany mm. uh, for like other people who do like character design and stuff like that. The right. company's called Pictoplasma. It was something I I really I liked looking at their stuff a lot like when I was in school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I went out there and it was awesome because you get to spend like ten days like basically networking and getting to know like thirty other people who are just yeah. like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like my thing is also like I always wanted to be like an artist that could show work internationally or whatever mm. but you know like a lot of that is usually through people you know right. and like right. what better way to get to know someone that lives in Europe than be there for two weeks to go yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it. get to know one at least one cool person yeah. <laughs> definitely man yeah. so like now at this time like are you also sort of making your personal work too as well yeah okay. definitely so the way I, I try to go about it now is like as I've learned from like some of my other favorite artists that do commercial work as well mm-hmm. they're like you know you just kind of have to have like a financial goal that you try to hit mm-hmm. and then spend the rest of the time like working on like whatever you want to work on or like yeah. the personal stuff you know yeah, yeah. so like I try to divide like half my time to that and half my time to personal mm. trying to make it more 
Yeah. But like, you know, it, it's it's sort of like baby steps, you know, it's like you don't want to start diving exactly from the top, mm. but you got to kind of work your way up to it. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. All right, dope, dope. Yeah, man. So, like, the work that you're making now, like, mm-hmm. the, the pieces that you're even showing me that you're sort of, like, playing with different sizes and sort of seeing how things will work, like, how would you explain to someone, like, for someone listening to this podcast okay. who can't visually see your work, how would you explain your work? Okay, so I originally started making... Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I originally started making um, wooden puppets that are very, like, boxy, I guess you would say. Like, they're very... Um, but that's all, also because I had to make 12 of them and I didn't have enough time to round them. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of where the aesthetic came from. Yeah. But so they look very 8-bit. They're, like, basically action figures that are very very detailed like down to the sneakers to the jerseys yo i was just leaving like the sole of the shoe i was like crazy crazy yeah, yeah you know i loved action figures as a kid but mm. like you know i always wish they had the actual brand marks that mm. like the characters would be wearing mm. so anyway so super detailed wood wooden figures and then i was asked like can you make them life size hmm. so i made i started i did it from like the feet up you know yeah. like so i started making these giant legs i guess and 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 wooden shoes Mm -hmm. and i was like okay well it's cool to have this stuff but it should have some sort of function too right yeah yeah, so i was thinking okay well this could be like a vase or a vase Mm. and you know a lot of times when you're looking for like housewares i don't feel like there's much that's geared towards not necessarily men but like just, just us like, like us our yeah. generation yeah <laughs> yeah so i was like okay cool what about like a sneaker vase and then i was thinking like what does that mean to me and it's sort of to me it's like getting older you know like mm. something that this masculine tool for like performing on a court mm. now kind of sits stationary in a house like holding up these pretty flowers right right and, you know there's mm. something kind of funny about that juxtaposition mm. yeah the the intersection of like the domestic and the athletic <laughs> like you know right. it's like almost like bringing those worlds together and sort of giving people sort of a, a new sense of like or even purpose repurposing something or an image of something that people already associate one way you know so i think yeah there's so many layers to, to that man and i feel like your work speaks to that and I, i'm really like i was really excited when you did agree to want to be on the podcast because i feel like your your work is also like there's a lot of there's social commentary in it as well and i feel like i don't don't know if it's your place to even want to get into like explaining like the details and stuff but like i feel like your work sort of also has like a message to it as well so so would you even want to talk on it at all i mean i I can i mean (laughs) um like well i guess i can say like for me it's it's like i i just see like your work being able to sort of you know like for me i grew up playing basketball mm-hmm. like my whole life like so i i feel like for me it's something where like having something that i've been passionate about my entire life um and sort of seeing it in a new context like and even sort of seeing it in the format like for me it's not only nostalgia but it's also like seeing where things can go right you know yeah. i feel like it's sort of speaking to like where like the term being an athlete or being um a creative even like sort of like those those labels are, can sort of sort of sort of blur, you can blur the lines between those two worlds. So for for you, do you see it that way at all? Like you see, like your creative work is also like speaking to the oh yeah the world of the athlete who just sees themselves as like a quote unquote jock. Yeah, you know. So yeah, that's how I see it. Oh no, definitely. <laughs> yeah, like I guess a lot of times I think it's like from a product design point, it's more like hey, I just want to make something that's more personal to someone else that's mm. in their home, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I just feel like that doesn't really exist right now. True. And like, 
and I, I do think about like I guess my consumer or like whoever would be a fan of my work in that way too it's like obviously it's someone who's more like me probably who grew mm. up watching basketball and mm. yeah that's real dude. yeah that's real yeah man like I, I I'm looking forward to see where you take it you know I feel like like I said before there's like unlimited potential to what you can sort of like do and create um, through this this type of work so I'm very interested to see like your next step um, yeah. yeah man so like for, for those who, who don't know like where they can find your work like your website everything let them know like how can they okay um, you can find me at, on Instagram uh, that's probably where you're gonna find the most updates it's at honor roller h-o-n-o-r-r-o-l-l-e-r or just honorroller.com. Dope, dope. Oh no, keep okay, going. No, keep sorry. Going. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, uh, no, 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 no. Um, I, I okay. I do have a, a show coming up actually. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's not going to be probably until the end of the summer. I okay. recently just linked up with a, a really cool artist out here to the magic of Instagram. Mm. His name's uh, Rashad Newsom. Yeah, yeah, I know him. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Wow. So he actually reached out to me over Instagram. I feel so bad because he 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 reached out to me first, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like was like, cool. I really want to own one of your pieces. Like, all right, cool. And I, you know, I get those DMs. I I say, oh yes, thanks. But I didn't think to click on his his icon, you know, Mm -hmm. because he was just kind of like. His his icon is just kind of him like laying there, and I'm just like, oh okay, like sure, right. whatever. In passing. And, yeah, and then like he sends me another DM. He's like, yo, I'm really serious, but whatever, just give me a call. Mm. And he gave me his number. And I called him, and then like I went over to his place. We met, and he's like, I kind of want to do it like on like the, the I guess there's a gallery space in the place that he lives at. Mm. So yeah, yeah, dope man. I'm looking forward to that, yeah. and I'll definitely be like spreading the word once you guys like yeah have, definitely that's dope I, I'm, I'm already excited about it that's yeah. dope I, I know who that is so that's, that's yeah great. I mean that guy does crazy work I didn't know who he was <laughs> I had to ask one of my friends that like runs a gallery yeah, and like yeah. yo do you know this guy she's dope, like yeah man dope, it's dope. a big deal I was like alright that's real so dope yeah. man I feel like once that happens we'll even look back on this conversation and be like you know even in that short amount of time like see how far things have come so I, yeah definitely. so yeah man like thank you again for being on I feel oh like, thank you so much for having me man absolutely yeah. absolutely man you, really like shared a lot of like insightful stuff that I feel like people can benefit from so yeah. thank you for for that and even just sharing your time as well man no problem, really appreciate man. it a, real, a lot of fun dope dope yeah. well this has been the open canvas with my name is Christopher Chan wood sculptor artist designer honorroller.com or honorroller Instagram hey and we out yo thank you <laughs> yo to find out more about the open canvas hit up our website theopencanvas.com also stay tuned to our Instagram at the Open Canvas. And for any questions or inquiries, hit up my email, Taj T-A-J, dot, opencanvas at gmail.com. This has been the Open Canvas, produced by Taj Alexander. Bad boy.